Hola mi gente, what up my people, my name is Pastor Rich Colon, I'm the lead pastor here at Santos Church, broadcasting to you live from Southwest Detroit, Michigan. Wherever you're listening from, I'm glad that you are listening. This podcast is meant to do one of two things, and that is either bring you our message content or it's content that we thought would enrich our message content. We'll have more information at the end of this episode on how you can get connected with us either in person, online, or on social media. But for now, thanks for listening to this podcast. Gracias para escuchando este podcast. And let's get into it. Vamos. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Santos Church. Today is Family Sunday, and my name's Roberto. I am the next-gen pastor here at Santos Church. That means I get to be with the kids and the youth, and that's why you might not see me on Sundays, but I'm downstairs with the kids teaching them all about Jesus. I love it. I love the next generation. I, I love the potential that it has, to, uh, has in the future. Um, I was very impacted when I was going to church by youth group, by kids' church, and that's why I just love it, and I have such a big passion for it. So I'm excited uh, for what God has put on my heart to share today. But before we start, let's obviously start with prayer. So if you want to bow your heads uh, or just close your eyes, let's pray together. Father God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for everything you've done for us, for sending your son down, for giving us the Holy Spirit. Thank you for dwelling with us and being with us, Lord. Um, I ask right now as I speak, may I only speak what you would like me to say, Lord. May I be a mouthpiece. May we look at the word and may it be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, Lord. I ask for anyone that's listening to this message, Lord, that they are able to have a softened heart. May you speak to them in a way that you only can, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I do have a question for you. Have you ever tried to eat better? <laughs> this is a really, I, I'm a bigger man, and I'll, I'll tell you something. I have tried constantly to just fight this, this beyond this health journey that I'm on. And in this health journey, I have a weakness. I have my kryptonite, if you know Superman. Um, I'm in this constant battle with the drive-through line after a long day at work. Now, you know, you, you've tried to go to the gym. I, I've, I've tried to go to the gym. I've tried to eat better, buy groceries, and do all these things to help me try to lose weight and all that. But then I go to work, and when I get off work, I'm exhausted. And when I am tired, the last thing I want is a salad. I don't want crunchy water. That's not what I want. I want a cheeseburger. I want something that's going to fill me up. That is what I want. I want something that's going to satisfy me, not something that I'm going to be hungry later or be like, uh, this is good. It's going to help me lose weight. It's going to be like, no, that's not what I want. I'm tired. I'm cranky. My feet hurt. My body is aching for some bacon. So I need some food, but I'm in this constant battle of like, I'll be driving home or I'll be getting off. I'm like, Ooh, I could definitely go for some, something that's fast and easy. What's fast and easy, a drive through. So it's either McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, something. And I get in these lines and I'm, I'm like, I'm like battling. So here in Detroit, uh, it's not, so in Orlando, when I used to live there, the lines at McDonald's were super fast. Like you got in and out within like three to four minutes here in Detroit, there aren't that many. So I go down to the McDonald's and I have to sit there for 50 minutes. It's like, like that might be a little bit of exaggeration, but I have to sit there so long and I'm having like a battle with myself. I'm like, Roberto. You do not need this McDonald's. Get out of the line 
and go home. And then I, the other side of me is like, no, Roberto, you deserve this McDonald's. You deserve this food. And it's a constant battle. I'll be sitting there for like 10 minutes talking to myself. If someone's next to me in those double lines, they're probably like, that dude's crazy. What is going on? And it's just true. It's that battle I have against myself because my body, my flesh wants this burger. It wants to eat something that's going to satisfy this hunger that's going to help me feel better. So when I get home, I go to bed. But... At the end of the day, sometimes I leave the line, but there are many times that I stick in that line, I'll stick it out, but then I get too much food or I get something that's really bad for me and then I, I eat it and I get home and I'm exhausted and I'm going to bed. I feel like a turd and I, I just go to bed and I wake up the next morning. I'm like, man, I wish I did not eat that. And it's just a constant cycle of just trying to eat better, but turning to fast food to comfort me. And now this concept is not just in my health journey. Uh, if you can relate to that, amen, glory, hallelujah. I'm glad you can. Um, but this is not just like that. I'm turning to things, that, the, the fast food to comfort me, to give me some satisfaction at the moment. But at the end of the day, it's not good for me. And uh, there's other areas of my life that this affects. When my mom was sick when I was 17, uh, she got really, really sick and I had to take care of her and I kind of became her primary caretaker. And when I took care of her, there were a lot of questions. There were a lot of unknowns. There was a lot of times she was in the hospital. She was going to rehab because she lost her leg and she had to learn how to walk again. And I did not know when my mom was going to be home. I didn't know if she was okay. I didn't know what was going to happen. I had so much anxiety because of that. And I turned to something that gave me only instant or a, a moment of satisfaction, a moment of calm, of peace. And that was alcohol. I drank the, the juice and I, I drank it and I, I was so calm. I wouldn't be thinking about anything. I would be at home and I would be like, oh, this feels good. And time would go by much faster. It wouldn't be this, this long thought process of where's my mom? What's happening? What's going on? It was like, uh, that can wait for later. That can, I can deal with that later. But the thing about drinking it didn't make my problems go away. It didn't make me not worry less. It just made me distracted. It gave me this temporary satisfaction for a short period. And it was only temporary. It, it did not last. Alcohol did not help me be easy with thinking about my mom. I was worried. I, I cared a lot about her, but I just hated the feeling of what I had inside, the, the thought process that was going on. I don't know about you, but sometimes the worst enemy can be our own mind. And it's hard to hear ourselves talk to us like, oh my gosh, what if happens if this happens? We start making all these scenarios in our mind that literally have nothing to do. It, it's not even going to happen sometimes. So that's what I did. Like I said, I'm turning to things that only give me temporary satisfaction. I'm not turning to things that are, that are helping me in the long run. And that's why today's message is called satisfaction. Satisfaction. I, I, can, I, can we talk more about that? Can, can you relate to any of those two stories I just gave? Maybe not to food. Maybe your mom didn't get sick and you had to take care of her. But you give in to a decision that gives instant satisfaction, but not permanent satisfaction. Have you been mad? And you know what? You, you've given Pete, you've given them times. Like, you know, I'm like, they've been so rude to me. I'm going to finally go off on them. I'm going to finally give them a piece of my mind. Or what if you were lonely? And when you're lonely, 
you turn to people, you be texting people you shouldn't be texting. You know that you just want to be with someone or you're on some websites or on an app that you just shouldn't be on when you're sad or depressed. When you're sad or depressed, you might be turning to, let's say, some substances or or drinks that you shouldn't be turning to to give you this feel of being happy. Whether you're mad, lonely, sad, depressed, uncomfortable, happy, tired, scared, or even rich, we are turning to things that only give temporary satisfaction to this hunger, to this thirst that we have inside. That is why we end up going back. We have to go back. We're still thirsty. We we go back to water. We have to go back to things. We have to go back to water when we're thirsty. If you, I don't know about you, but when you drink a Pepsi, if you're thirsty and you drink Pepsi, there's so much sugar in it. I don't know if there's a science to this, but I swear there is, that it makes you more thirsty when you drink a soda when you are thirsty. And it's this inner inner desire that we have, this inner this inner hunger, this inner thirst that we have that we wanna we wanna quench. But we're turning to things that are only giving us this minimal, this minimal amount of satisfaction. And it, we keep on going back to these worldly things that make us feel good. And, and this is the question I want to answer today, and it is how do we fully satisfy this hunger and thirst inside of us? And luckily, thank the Lord God Almighty that he gives us an answer in his word. And I I love the word. I love the passage that talks about how his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. So today we're going to read some, we're going to read some scripture and we're going to read a story that's really popular. And it's in John 4, 7 through 15 is the passage we're going to read, but it's about the woman at the well. To give you some context real quick before we just jump in, Jesus is on his way to Galilee. And when he's on his way to Galilee, usually the Jews take a different path because they don't want to go through Samaria. Samaria and Jewish people do not mix well. So Samaritans and Jewish are, they don't, they, they clash. They clash. Uh, I like to think about like, I've noticed Michiganders do not like Ohioans. I don't know if I said Ohioans right, but the, it's, it's like that. You just, you don't want to see if you could go around Ohio. That is what basically Jesus is doing. So he's go, he's, they're going through Samaria, and they stop in a town called Sakar. And Jesus sends his disciples into town to go get some food. And he goes to the well of Jacob, which is a really notorious well. And he encounters a woman. This woman has a rap sheet. She has a, a past. She has five husbands. She's not even living with the one that she's currently married to. Uh, Jesus knows all this coming into it, but the woman does not know that Jesus knows. So we're going to peep into this conversation that Jesus has with the Samaritan woman, and we're going to kind of look at what Jesus is saying at the end of this, okay? So in John 4, 7 through 15 is where we're going to read. So here we go. In verse 7, it says, When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? And the Samaritan woman says to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? And in verse 10, Jesus answers her, saying, If you knew the gift of God and who it was that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? And Jesus answers, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. 
But whoever drinks of the water I give them will never thirst again. Indeed, the water I give them will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And in verse 15, it says, The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water from this well. I love this story because uh, the Samaritan woman does not get it at first. She's not understanding. If, if you know John 4, though, it's a great story. She ends up uh, tapping into this living water and telling people all about Jesus, and people get to know of Jesus because of this woman. And I encourage you, if you've not read John 4 and you don't know the woman at the well story, go read it. It's a great story. And even if you have read it, go read it again. It's great to read your Bible. Go do it. Um, but at the end of the day, she's not getting it. Jesus is talking in analogies and parables, and he's being all like crazy with his words, and people of the day do not understand what he's saying, and I love that about Jesus, because I love doing that too, but at the end of the day, there she's just not understanding. He says, if you would have known who's asking, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water, and literally her response is, you have nothing to even get water with, bro, and who are you? Like, who the heck are you? And Jesus just answers again with saying, like, you're going to be thirsty if you drink of this water, but whoever drinks of the water I give will never thirst. And she ends it with, like, this conversation and like that I, I read is, sir, give me this water so I don't have to come here. She hates coming to this well because she has to come in the hot of the day because she's embarrassed to come in the morning. And it's just like she's not getting it. She's not understanding at the time. at this And in this point of the conversation, she's like, what are you saying, man? And the 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 greatness of God and and just we get to be able to see the grander picture of what is going on and when we take a step back to look at this grander picture of what is happening we're able to know some things and in verse 10 when he says you would have asked him and he would have given you living water he's the living water that he's talking about that Jesus can give is the holy spirit and that's what he's specifically talking about. And when he gets into four, verse 14, he says, but whoever drinks of the water I give, this living water, will never thirst. When you are able to tap into the Holy Spirit and drink from that living water, drink for, and tap into the Holy Spirit and be with him, you will never thirst again. Because there's this inner desire that we have on our souls. We have these desires, these needs that our soul has. And we need we need something to help us satisfy those needs. We need something to come and meet those needs in our lives. But what we do is we turn to things that we shouldn't. Like I said, this woman has a rap sheet. She has five husbands and she's had five husbands. The fifth one is she's not even living with him. She's turning to things of this world. And God's like, I need you to understand. I need you to come to me so I can give you this living water and you can, you can drink of this water and never thirst again. And when you do that, it's going to be a spring. And that's what happens. She taps into this living water and she's like, I don't care anymore about what happens. I'm going to be, and people notice something's different with her. People notice now because she's known for what she, her past was. But when she tapped into the living water, people saw like, oh, this is the new person. So I love this story because of that. And I love how Jesus references himself to water. He doesn't reference himself to like Pepsi. Because like I said, Pepsi, it, you drink Pepsi and you'll be more thirsty. You're going to be not wine, not nothing. When you drink it, you're not fully hydrated. You're dehydrated at times. And when you're dehydrated, you shouldn't be drinking Pepsi. It's going to give you some instant satisfaction of like, okay, oh my gosh, liquid. Oh, that feels good. I need another one though. Give me another one. When you're thirsty on a hot day and you need something to drink, if you drink a glass of hot water, it be hitting different. 
It be hitting different and you know it. Don't be lying to yourself. If you're like, no, doctor, you're wrong. Water is the best way to go. It hydrates you. It helps you out. You need to drink some water. And God references himself as water. Now, there's another time God referenced himself as the living water and, and this other thing multiple times in John, and, and he references himself to bread of life. And that's in John 6, verse 35. I love this verse. So in John 6, 35, just to give you some more context, Jesus just does the, the miracle of feeding 5,000, and then he pieces out, he dips, and he goes away. And the people that were there were like, where did Jesus go? And they see, they find out like he left, and they go follow him. And then when they get to him, they're having this conversation conversation like where did you go blah 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 and he's like you just need you want to know all these things but like what's wrong with you but but, like all this crazy crap and he starts talking in parables again he starts talking in all these words and people are not understanding but he he says this line in verse 35 of john chapter 6 that i just love he says i am the bread of life whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty there's that like thirsty again. They'll never be thirsty. They'll never thirst is what it says in John 4. They will never be hungry is what I like to, to emphasize in this one because he says, I'm the bread of life. Now, the one thing I love about Jesus is that he does not say, I am the lettuce of life. Thank God he didn't say that crunchy water. He said, I am the bread of life, something that is of substance. And it is just, I, I love that because if you notice, like it, uh, Going back to the real world real quick, if you go to Olive Garden, you know at Olive Garden, if you get them breadsticks, you are full after like the first five baskets. I'm a person, I love the breadsticks and the Alfredo sauce. Sorry, off topic. Um, But the breadsticks, they are filling you up. And it's not, when the food comes, I'm like, okay, just put it in a box. I can't eat it. It's not that it doesn't look hungry. It doesn't look like satisfying anymore. Like I, I, I want it, but I'm so full on bread. I'm so full of this thing that has so much sustenance that when it goes in, it fills me up. And that's the thing. He says, I am the bread of life, something that is going to fill you up. He references this. And I love that just like connection there. And that's just me. There you go. Roberto theology. Um, but I love that. And, and here's the thing, just like he said to the woman, if you drink of this water, you will never thirst again. If you eat of this bread, the bread of life, you'll never go hungry. People were turning to things that they shouldn't have been turning to. This woman had so many things going on, and and these people wanted to know things that they just thought were going to help them feel better about what they thought. And he's like, no, 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 just turn to me. Turn to the living water that I'm going to give you. Turn to, turn to me, I'm the bread of life, and you will never, I will satisfy this need in your soul, this need that your soul has. I will come alongside it, and you'll never have to be hungry again. And I love this because with Jesus being God, this means that God can give us full satisfaction. We're turning to things that give us temporary satisfaction of this world. But if we turn to God, if we take our needs, submit them to the Lord, we are able to have full satisfaction in him. Here's the thing. We we can stop here and we can say, okay, that was so encouraging. Turn to God, turn to God, turn to God. Don't turn to things of the world. But I want to make sure that when we go out of here, we are able to have practical steps to facing what's going to be out there. Here's here's the application of all this. We need to start investigating our temptations to find the need at the root. And I'm going to give you a quick example. I'm going to tap into that story that I said at the beginning about my mom and me drinking alcohol. 
I had an issue. Alcohol was my temptation and I turned to it and I told you, I, I was, I have fooling anxiety. I had no peace. I didn't know what was going to happen. I was scared. And I turned to something that just made me feel better at the time. And, and here's the thing. I shouldn't be turning to alcohol. And people would say maybe I was an alcoholic. Uh, I did. I, I, I would say I was not an alcoholic. I have no issue now with, with alcohol. I can, I, I just don't. And I, I don't think it was, I'm not an alcoholic. I had to go to the root and the root, like I said, was I had no peace. I had no peace of what's going to happen with my mom. I was scared of what's going to happen. I didn't know if she was going to be alive when the next time I talked to her. I didn't know if I was going to get a call from the hospital and say, she's dead. I didn't know what was going to happen. I had no peace. I had no nothing to be stable on. My life was hectic at the time. And I just, I turned to the wrong things. But here's the thing, at the root of it, I just needed peace. I needed comfort. I needed stability. And here's the thing. If you know God, if you know his truth, you know that God is the, the, the best comforter. He is the only, he is the prince of peace. He can give us eternal peace in our soul, even when things are crazy. And, and I know all this because I know his word. I know that God says this, and I know from personal experiences on and on that God gives me all these things. He gives me peace. He gives me everything. And I'm able to take this need of, of peace, stability, and comfort and say, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to submit this to you and trust you to fulfill everything and satisfy my needs. And God has done that. God has done that. Let me be a witness to that, that God is able to do that. And how, how do I know all this stuff? How do I know? How can I, how can I be sure of all this? How can I, how can I make this practical? In investigating our temptations, we need to have these things. You need to know God's word because when you know God's word, you're able to be able to fight these temptations. You're able to, to know these things. So when you have something happen, you're like, I'm only doing this for this. I'm only doing this because I have no peace. I'm doing this. I have no peace. Oh, but I know God is the Prince of Peace. He is able to give me peace. If you're having issues where you just don't know where money's coming from, I know COVID's been hard. People are losing jobs. People are on unemployment. People don't know what's going to happen next. No one knows what's happening. You're scared. You're, you're nervous. You should know that God is Jehovah Jireh. Je he is our provider. He is going to come in and make sure that we have everything that we need. But you have to be able to take your need for things, your, your need for, for just for the basic necessities and be like, God, I trust you. I trust that you're going to provide. I trust that you will make sure that there is a way. You need to give it to God. You need to submit it to the Lord and trust him. But it, It's not easy sometimes. You can know God's word and you can make sure that that's going to happen. Like you can be like, yes, God, I know you're good. God is good all the time and all the time. You can be like that. But then there's also this other concept that I think we need to know is that we need to be in a community of godly people. One for accountability. You need people that when you're struggling and you can go to them, they can say, hey, I got you. How can I help you and point you to Christ? At the end of the day, you need people that are going to point you to Christ. And as well as, as the accountability aspect, you need support. Get in a group, get in something, come to church, be in events, be a part of this community. Be a part of a community. Do not be a sheep without a shepherd or a flock. Be in community. You need to have support, you need to have accountability, and you need to be in his word. And when you have that, you're able to investigate your temptations and find the need 
and you're able to attack that root and say, God, I'm going to take this need that I have and submit it to you, and I'm going to trust you to fulfill it and satisfy it. At the end of the day, your need is not is not the problem. Your need for satisfaction is not the problem. Your hunger, your thirst is not a problem for things. But what and who you turn to for satisfaction is. You need to be checking that. The temptations are, are the who and what. What are you turning to that's not giving you full satisfaction? That's not giving you that, that, that fullness, that, that, that never thirsty again. You need to turn to God because God is the only person that can give us full satisfaction. And I'm going to close with this. When you turn to God, when you turn to God for full satisfaction, you are able to be a Psalms 1 person. And this is the last verse I have, Psalms 1, 1 through 3. It says this, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of of that sinner's take or sit in the company of mockers, but those who delight in the law of the Lord and who meditate on his law day and night. This person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit in season and whose leaves do not wither. In whatever they do, they prosper. Here's the thing. People are going to notice there's something different about us when we start to tap into this living water. Just like that woman at the well, she tapped into it and people saw the difference. People saw something was different about her now. They were like, what is going on? We need to hear what she has to say now. Oh, Jesus, we got to, people notice that there's something different in us. And here's, here's the main thing. I, I've noticed this throughout life and I, I, I love this message and I felt like God had to give it to me. But a few weeks ago on my birthday, God really just, uh, it hit me hard. Of it, I had a conversation with someone and it broke my heart. And I said, people need to know that God gives full satisfaction. I was talking to this guy. I went to a comedy show on my birthday and I was just sitting there having a good time. And I, I, I'm not a big person about my birthday. I just sit there chill. And one of my friends told the guy at the table, he was just a stranger. He, they were like, it's his birthday. And he's like, well, it's your birthday. You, you didn't tell anyone. You're not even like screaming, yelling. What the heck are you? Are you? You're so happy over there. Like you seem fine. I'm like yeah, I, I'm enjoying my time. I just want to see this comedy show. It's, he's like, you're, you don't want to be center of attention. Like, bro, what? He's like asking me, what makes you just so happy over there? Why are you so just like complacent with life right now? Like that doesn't make any sense. And he goes on to explain that he has to spend about five thousand dollars just to feel happy. And at that moment, it broke my heart that someone felt like they had to turn to money to find happiness. And I was like, bro, money doesn't bring happiness. And he was in a state where he just said, that's a lie. You don't know what you're talking about. And he, and he kind of just like stopped the conversation there and kept on going. But I wanted to keep on telling him like, dude, you don't even understand that there's a God out there that gives a full satisfaction that nothing on this world will be able to satisfy this ha- like this need that you have for happiness. And I wasn't able to continue that conversation with him, but I wish if I see him again, and I pray that if I do, I'm able to tell him that God is the only one that can make you feel happy, bro. He's the only person that can fully satisfy you. Guys, we need to to turn to God because God can only give us full satisfaction. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for who you are. 
Thank you for giving us living water, that when we tap into it, we will never thirst. Thank you, Lord, for being the bread of life, that when we eat of you, when we partake in you, Lord, we will never grow hungry. God, you are great and you are good, and we know this. May we find people in our lives that can direct us to you. May we get in your word to learn more about you so that when we get to know our needs that our soul has, we can fight those and we can take those needs and submit them to you, God, that you may fully satisfy us, that you may fulfill our needs. God, thank you for who you are. We love you in your precious name. Amen. Hey, thanks again for tuning in to the Santos Church Podcast. We hope that you were blessed by what you heard today and that it moves you towards action and greater faith in Jesus. If you'd like to connect with us more, you can find us online at santoschurch.org. And that's also a great place to give if you'd like to contribute to the ministry and our mission here in Southwest Detroit. If you're on Instagram, you can connect with us at Santos Detroit or Facebook, and it's facebook.com slash Santos Church Detroit. If you find yourself in the Detroit area, we'd love to have you in person Sunday mornings at 11, 1953 Military Street. Either way, hablamos pronto. We'll talk to you soon.